Oh, am I super loud this morning? Um, I'd have to say, if, if it's his breath in our lungs, then we probably owe it to him to, to pour that breath back out in praise. Amen? So this morning, I just want to open our service with a little bit of testimony time. I, I know that it, you know we haven't spent a whole lot of time together in the last three or four months, um, but I, I just want to give us an opportunity to to take that breath that the Lord's placed in our lungs and just to brag on Him for a moment. You know, I was really fortunate. Um, I'll, I'll start this past week. This past week um, on Wednesday, I had all my wisdom teeth taken out. So what, four days ago. And if you've had that done, or know someone who's had that done, that's not really a pleasant experience by any means. Uh, but I'm praising the Lord today, because guess what, guys? I'm still talking, right? I'm not so swollen, I'm not so sore. I was actually eating solid food that night. Like, that's how good God was to me. You know, when I walked into that uh, oral surgery, whatever, office, um, I'm like standing at the desk and the person in front of me who had just gotten it done comes out and they're like dragging him out of this thing. Like he's so, like so out of it. And I'm like, oh Lord, please don't let that be me. Please, I'm 300 pounds. Like you think these little nurse ladies are gonna be able to get me out? Like I'm gonna be crawling on the floor. Uh, but God is good. He's allowed me to eat. I've had very little pain, very little soreness. Um, granted, I've had some pretty solid pain meds for the first couple days, but we're done with those now. We're on to the over-the-counter stuff. That started yesterday, or actually uh, probably Friday night. Um, so God's good. I don't have to worry about, you know, opioid pain meds and addiction. I don't have to worry about increased swelling or pain or infection because my God is good. Um, so who else has something that's been going on in the last couple months? It can be little. It can be big. It can be a prayer request because we're going to do that too this morning. Anybody have anything that they want to share the encouragement of your brothers and sisters.
Oh man. He is. incredible. God is good. So if you missed it, new grandson. That's right. He's the cutest, the cutest little thing. Think what? What was it? What was he? Four pounds, five ounces? Just, just the, okay. Four nine. So just, just this little, little tiny human boy. But we are thrilled. First time uncle. So I'm super excited about that. I know Meg is too. Um, but we're just, you know, praying a lot for him and believing that the Lord's gonna continue that weight gain um, and help him with all his, his little issues that he's having as he is, you know, developing and and growing in the NICU. So. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. Is that cool? And then we're gonna launch into to the service. And and Father, Father God, we just thank you. Um, we've heard your test. We've heard the testimony this morning of your people, and and we're always just left in awe of who you are and the greatness of your power, Father. And and you know, and just looking out the window is such an incredible testimony to to what you're capable of. You know, you've you've created everything. The breath in our lungs, the blood that runs through our veins, Lord, the trees, the animals. 
just everything that we have and everything that we are. And so it's, it's nothing to you to do these things. Um, but to us, it's huge. And, and you just continue to bless us and, and just continue to remind us of your loving power, Father, as we, uh, as we march through this life in this, in this dark world that is increasingly frustrating and, and distance, social distancing itself from you, Father. And we just ask that, that today that you would begin to do healing in our nation, Father, that you, would, that you would heal this community, that you would heal this people, Lord, that people would start to turn to you, that they would, that they would understand your love and your peace and your joy that comes with, your, with the relationship with you, Father, and that they would, they would believe in who you are and what you're capable of through the testimonies of us and the love that we have for one another, Father. I, I just pray uh, now for Bonnie and, and her eye, Lord, in that spot near her eye, and I just pray that as she sits, Lord, that you would do a work, that you would just clear it up, Lord, that when they do get to it, there'd be nothing to get because it's gone, Father, and that there would be no more complications, that there'd be no problems, that her appointment would get moved up, that someone would need to cancel, and she'd be first on the list, Father, and that you would just do what you've already done. Testimonies, do it again, Father. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray for little Cole Eckerd. And we, we just are thankful for this life that's been brought into our extended church family, Father. And that you would just continue to minister to Chad and Cora, Lord, as Cora recovers from her C-section. And as Chad deals with exhaustion alongside Cora. And that, that uh, Cole would just continue to, to grow, Lord. That you would take care of his breathing. That you would take care of his temperature. That you would take care of his weight gain, Father. And that, that through his little life, Lord... It would be a testimony to your goodness and your faithfulness and that nothing is too small. No one is too insignificant. No one is too unimportant for you to pay attention to, Father. And we praise you for that. And Lord, I know that there are unspoken prayer requests in this body today, Father. I pray that you would just begin to do a work uh, in all situations, whatever they may be, Lord. We just praise you for, the, for your goodness and your healing and your touch and your mercy and your grace, Father. And we just pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Well, in case uh, I didn't already introduce myself, my name's Evan Groover. Um, I am a member of this body alongside uh, most of you here. Um, I'm also a credential holder within the IFCA alongside Pastor Andy, uh, a different tier than, than Pastor, but credentialed nonetheless. And so from time to time, I have the opportunity to share with you what the Lord's been putting on my heart. Uh, and so that's what, exactly what we're going to do today. So if you, are, if you missed it, uh, starting Wednesday night, we're going to be beginning a new series on the Ministry of Helps. And if you're not familiar with what that is, and, and, and you may not be, and that's okay, uh, because I know I wasn't. And so Wednesday nights, we're going to begin this book series on the Ministry of Helps. Um, I'm kicking that off today by just introducing the topic to you guys and talking through it. Because the last couple weeks, we've been dealing with the Holy Spirit right? We've been talking into the depths, understanding who the Holy Spirit is. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking, uh, we've been doing that, we finished up that study, The God I Never Knew, understanding who the Holy Spirit is, what He does in our lives, um, and, and how we can better relate with Him. And so, one of, one of the big um, supernatural offices, supernatural ministries, uh, spiritual gifts, is this ministry of helps. So we're going to just dive into that. And so, it, if you've heard me talk about it before, um, a months ago, um, Andy and, and Robin and I all went down to Aliquippa uh, to Doug Dragon's church. And if you don't know who Doug is, he's the one that painted our lines in the parking lot, came up from Aliquippa to do that for us. And Buddy Bell, Dr. Buddy Bell, um, who is an internationally recognized speaker, um, who is big into the Ministry of Helps, was there talking a little bit about greeters, right, and greeter training. 
And so, being that I'm, I'm not a greeter, um, you know, that's not, not, not normally what I do, but I thought, you know, like, this could be valuable uh, in terms of church leadership to go and, and learn a little bit more, maybe bring something back to share with those of you who are. And, um, you know, didn't really know, I, all I knew it was going to be about greeters, right? Didn't, didn't really know the context of it all, but got down there, Dr. Dr. Bell starts talking, and, and he starts talking about this ministry of helps. And that was, again, the first time that I had really heard about it. So listen to him talk. And by the end, um, I bought one of his books. And kind of his main book. That he, he calls it like the, the Ministry of Helps Handbook. And that's the book that we'll be doing on Wednesday nights. But, it, you know, I started reading it. And, and the beautiful thing about the book is it's a very easy read. It's very digestible. It's very understandable. But uh, it's very significant. Because if you're familiar uh, with 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31, which we'll read in a second, there's a lot packed into that, those, you know, four verses. But one of them is helps. And so what I learned, though, going through this book is that, you know, God wants and really expects, I think is probably a better word, us to do more as church members and as believers than to just kind of sit here, pay attention, and smile, and then go home right? He wants us to serve. He, he, he's given us a purpose. He's, he's building more than an audience, right? He's building an army. And so that's what we want to talk about. So for today's scripture reading, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 31. Um, as always, I read out of the English Standard Version or the ESV, uh, but feel free to follow along. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongue. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just pray that as we, as we speak today, Lord, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, help us to understand this text and what you're trying to communicate to us through it. Uh, and Lord, just allow my words to be from you, Father. Anything that's not of you, Lord, let it fall to the ground and be forgotten. But for anything that's from you, Father, allow it to stick and allow it to change us and mold us and challenge us today as we speak. In your name, amen. So the whole point of this Ministry of Help series, uh, I, I initially wanted to do this as an encouragement. Right? There's a lot of time that we spend serving and helping within the church, uh, but at the same time, I found it to be challenging. Right? As, my, as my mindset developed to how I serve, um, I felt challenged. Challenged to do more. Challenged to not sit still. And I hope that, that this, dual, this dual nature of this conversation that we're going to start today uh, does both of those things for you. Encourages you, but also challenges you. So if we dive in uh, to this particular text, we can see um, Paul starts off uh, very early in the verse by kind of ranking gifts or ranking ministries or ranking offices, however you, you choose to, to define those. And there's some pretty big ones in there, but you, know, you might be asking yourself, okay, well, why, why do the first three go first, second, third, and the rest are kind of thrown in there? And, and I think, uh, you know, if you think about the context of the writing, it's possible that at the time, um, the people Paul was writing to in the Corinthian church um, were viewing certain things as lesser um, or less important than another. And I, and I think that's pretty easy to do because 
you know, as humans, we, we get ourselves into this habit of, of superiority complexes, right? You know, we might, if we're physically gifted, we might think, well, I'm a better athlete than you, therefore I'm better than you. Or if you're, you know, incredibly intelligent, well, I'm way smarter than you, therefore you're lesser than me. Or if you have this gift or that gift or whatever it may be, um, you know, and, and, and so I think even back then, even back, you know, when, when Jesus was walking the earth, right, humans are still humans. We still struggle with the same kinds of things. And so Paul is more of a rebuke in this situation where he's saying, you know, guys, you know, I understand that speaking in tongues is great. I understand that healings is great. I understand all of these things are great, but, but that's not all of it, right? That there are people with gifts, there are people with talents, there are people with abilities who may not fall into those, those categories, but they're just as important. They're just as valuable to the kingdom. You know, when we think about the body, right, you know, it's cool. Like, yeah, hey, if you're, if you're a mouth like me and you love to talk and you've been gifted with the ability to, to get up and speak in front of a group of people, that's cool. But the person who mows the lawn, the person who scrubs the toilet, the person who sits with the kids isn't any less important. You know what I mean? I fulfill my role. Yeah, okay, my role is getting up on, a, on an elevated stage and talking to a group of people, but it's no less important than what's happening in the back. And, that, and that's really what I think Paul is really emphasizing here. But it's amazing that as humans, we've, we've sort of glossed over that. Um, you know, ultimately things are, are not more important or less important. They're equally important. They're just different. Second, I believe that that list, that this particular list is not necessarily exhaustive either, right? There's, there seem, it seems like that. We could interpret it as an exhaustive list, list of roles within the church. But Paul makes lists a lot. Right? He talks about different spiritual gifts, you know, manifestation gifts, and, and, and all of these things. And you can find Paul making these lists in a couple different places in scriptures, and they don't always include the same things. They're similar, right? but they don't always include the same things. So while that list is good, though, we still have to consider as a part of the conversation that there's probably other things that people are gifted in or other roles within the church that might not be on that list that are still important. You know what I mean? As, as the church has developed, as, as society has moved forward, new, new needs have come up. And, and, you know, and I believe that the Lord is uh, culturally relevant at all times, and therefore, you know, as new positions, as new important things happen in the church, he's raising up people with those gifts and those abilities to do those things. But they might not be listed specifically in Scripture. So again, encouragement. People who serve in the church have certain gifts and abilities that might not always pop right out to you, but they're still important. Prophets, teachers, healings, tongues, all of those are really big items. All of those things, especially as Pentecostals, that we spend a lot of time talking about. Uh, but we kind of gloss over, it, uh, over the, the smaller things. And the reality of this text, I think, and what Paul is, is trying to communicate, and I kind of touched on it already, though, is that we're, you all are special. You know, you're all children of God. You all have gifts. You all have abilities. You know, you haven't been given just one specific gift. Maybe one is more prominent than another. But you've been given ability. And through the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, this, this Holy Spirit comes upon us and we're able to operate in all gifts as, as the Holy Spirit allows us, right? The Holy Spirit is the, is the engine that drives us as Christians. He's the one that's pushing forth those manifestations of those gifts in us, and these ones included, you know? And, and again, I'm sure you've heard it before, right? But like a, a body can't function without a lung. It can't function without a heart. Like you need ears to hear, eyes to see, a mouth to speak, an arm to wave. You need a leg to stand. You need a leg to walk. Like... We, it's all important. And one of the things that, uh, that Buddy Bell talks about in his book is he looks at it like an engine, right? The church is an engine, and there's big parts and there's little parts, but they all play a role. I think of it like a clock, right? You have hands, you have numbers, you've got the face of the clock, but you also got gears. Some are big, some are little, 
right? If, if one gear has fallen out or one gear freezes, what happens to the clock? Stops, right? So if everybody in a body, if everyone in a church is not operating within their role, the role defined by the Holy Spirit, the role defined by God, the church can't ever tell the correct time. It may work, it may, or if it's like an engine, right, we may get down the road, but we're never going to have the power. We're never going to have that horsepower. You know, we're never going to have that torque. We need all of the pieces working together in order for the engine to push the car down the road. So it's important that, you know, as, as we live, as we breathe, as we, as we pray, that we're asking the Lord, how can we, as a person, understand our gifts, but then how can we apply those to the church? So there's this expectation, obviously, based on all these lists, that as Christians, we're meant to do stuff. That stuff can be a lot of different things. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I think it's interesting in, in that particular translation, if you look at the word workmanship, it's literally translated as work of art. Let that sink in for a second. For we are his work of art, created in and by Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared. God created you as a work of art before the beginning of time with a specific task and specific roles to play. He created, he, he prepared these beforehand and he wants you to walk in them. That's your purpose. You know, I know a lot of people these days struggle with that. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, right? I'm a, I'm a college admissions counselor full-time, if you didn't know that. I meet with kids all the time who are like, Evan, I have no idea what I want to study. Evan, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. And I tell them all the time, that's okay. We're going to get you there. But you have a purpose. You have a reason for living. You have gifts for a reason. You may not know what they are. You may not like what they are. But you have a purpose. You have a role. So through us when we're operating in that space, on that path that God has set for us, you know, God's going to perform good works. But if we just sit around all day, twiddling our thumbs, nothing's going to happen. We have to show up. Those works can't be performed if we're not actively looking for them. And in that text, Paul asks, I think, some important questions. They might be rhetorical, but I think they're important nonetheless, right? Are all prophets, are all teachers, do all heal, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? And my guess is that he felt the need to ask those questions because that, the answer to them is really no. We don't all do those things. We might be called to do those things. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do those things, but we're all in different places, right? Just because you're a new Christian, someone who's never been in a church before, and you come in for the first time, and you hear people speaking in tongues, and you're not, that doesn't make you lesser, you're less equipped, but you're not lesser. You're not worse of a Christian. You're not a lower class Christian because you're not doing those things. And I think that's really something that, that, that Paul battled in the church. And I think something that sometimes we have to battle today. You know, it's okay to have different gifts. It's okay to be different people, right? Like if we all are mouths, the body doesn't function, right? If all we can do is see, the body can't move. If all we can do is hear, that's great. But the body can't move, it can't breathe, it can't eat, it can't speak. We have all these different gifts. And, I, and in that text, you know, we get really caught up with the teacher. We get really caught up with the prophet. We really get caught up with the apostle, with the healing, with the tongues, with the interpretation. But there are two little words in there 
that at least until, you know, a few months ago, I just totally skipped over. If you had said, Evan, what's, the, what's that list in, in, in Corinthians that, that Paul is talking about for different offices and roles in the church, helps and administration would have never come out of my mouth. Never. But it's there. You've probably glazed over it. I understand. You know, you might think of them as insignificant because they're little words. We don't really know what they mean. We don't really talk about them. The church talks a lot about the you know, the manifestation gifts. The church talks a lot about the stuff that's the flashy things, the things that get people into the church because of the entertainment value. But the reality is, you know, if those things weren't included, or if those things are included, aren't they important? You know, would, would Paul have taken the time to write them in to his letter if they weren't important, if they weren't meaningful? So you might be asking yourself this morning, okay, well, that's cool. I get it. They're important. They're in the list. They're mixed in there. But what exactly does it mean? What exactly does it look like? And we're really going to dive into it on Wednesday nights. But, you know, it helps is important. And I've seen it defined. So I, I, obviously I've done research. I've looked around at more than just Buddy Bell. And I've seen it defined as those with the gifts of help are those who can aid or render assistance to others in the church with compassion and grace. This gift has a broad range of applications from helping individuals with daily chores to assisting in the administration of the affairs of the church. So that is a pretty broad definition, right? And, and you know what's exciting to me about that kind of a broad definition? It encompasses everybody. We're all gifted in helps. It's just a matter of what role does that take. And, and, you know, and that can come in a lot of different forms, don't get me wrong. It can be that really mundane stuff. You know, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to testify and tell a little, little story here, but if you knew me prior to coming here, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't much of a worker. You know, I wasn't really into the whole stay after church and move chairs. I, 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 it was more of this, right? I wanted this opportunity. I wanted to get up. I wanted to speak. I wanted to teach. I wanted to do all the things that would get me somewhere, that would make me seem important, that would make me seem knowledgeable. And, and, you know, and I've been convicted of that just by coming to this church. You know, I've had the opportunity, I mean, Lonnie, I've told Lonnie this before, but man, if there's somebody that I've ever seen gifted in the ministry of helps, it is, it is Lonnie to a T. That man does not complain. That man does not argue. If it needs done, he shows up and he does it time after time. Did you know who cleans the church? Do you know who mows the lawn? Do you know who shows up? I mean, he's probably at the church more than pastors at the church. Like, it's, it truly is incredible. He's here way more than me, and I hear, I'm here a ton. He's doing everything. But, you know, I came to this church and I watched Lonnie. And he serves and he serves and he serves and he serves until there's nothing left and then he keeps going. Well, let me tell you guys, that, that's a spiritual gift. That's, that's the Holy Spirit manifesting through Lonnie. When Lonnie's tired, he still shows up. You know, and, and, and we're going to talk more about that. But, but, you know, the idea is that this is, this is truly a supernatural ministry. This is truly the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it becomes very, very easy for us to sit back and say, well, you know, it's helping. It's ancillary. It's extra. You know, they have people showing up. They don't need me to come move chairs. I'm too old to move chairs. I'm too tired. I worked all day. Blah, 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 whatever. You know, but the trouble that I have, especially as someone who's relatively new to the Pentecostal church, is that we'll sit here and we'll say, Lord, manifest tongues, manifest healing, manifest all of these things, but we're not asking for help in our service? Why? If we believe that the Holy Spirit is what drives us on a daily basis, why do we only care about, you know, the tongues and the healings and the miracles, but we don't care about supernatural service? 
What does the church need more than tongues and healings and all of that? It needs people who are willing to serve to help the church go. It needs people who are willing to go into the community and meet the needs of the community. Like, I love you guys. I love everything about this church. Obviously, I'm here and very involved. But, you know, tongues isn't getting people saved. Services. It's, it's time for us to look past some of these things that we argue about. Oh, well, you know, when does, when does tongues manifest when you've been baptized? Okay, doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that we're operating within the gifts that the Lord has given us and that we're putting it out there into the community and that we're doing things that are showing people that God loves us and we love them. It's time to stop thinking about these silly things, these silly arguments that we get into and start really focusing and realizing that there's more to the Christian walk than we're making it out to be when we argue about some of the things that we see in the text. This helps ministry is incredible. So, you know, there's, and there's a lot of biblical examples of it too, right? I think that anybody that's serving within the church or serving within ministry is, is operating in the gifts of help to some extent. But, I, you know, one of the names that jumps right out to me is Aaron, right? Moses is, is called through the burning bush to, to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And he's all, oh man, like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not a great speaker. I maybe have a stutter, like, blah, blah, blah. So the Lord's like, okay, Aaron. And Aaron had already been told by the Lord, go to Moses. Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe he knew why, maybe he didn't know why, but he just went. And next thing you know, he's number two to Moses. He's following Moses. He's Moses' spokesperson. He's serving alongside Moses. And then what does the Lord do? The Lord elevates Aaron to the priesthood. He faithfully served alongside his younger brother, no less. His younger brother, who, which back then, right, age and hierarchy in the family mattered. The older brother was always the head of the family, but Moses, the three years younger than Aaron, served and led Israel. Aaron came along, the Lord elevated Aaron. I think of Ruth when I think about helps, right? Do we, do we all know the story of Ruth? Ruth loses her husband. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, says, go home. Go back to your family. Find a new husband. I'll be fine. Ruth refuses and stays with Naomi. Why? To care for her, to love her, to serve her. And she does just that. She goes out into the field. She meets Boaz. She, she gets the resources that, that her and Naomi need. And then what does the Lord do? He redeems Ruth through Boaz, and then the family's taken care of. You know, I think it's an underrated thing that when we serve the Lord in the areas that we may not feel comfortable, when we serve the Lord and we say, I'm going in 100% regardless of what it is that you asked me to do, because I believe that the supernatural ministry of helps is important, and I'm going to follow you regardless of what you tell me. He's always going to take care of you. He's always going to elevate you when you're faithful in serving in the areas that require the Holy Spirit to push you. You know, can we think of another really important helper? I think of Jesus. Right? Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for the many. I don't know much greater service than laying down your life. You know, he came here. God didn't have to send himself, but he did because he loves us. And that's where service starts, is in love. You want to talk about a big ask, man. You know, that, that whole death on the cross thing. 
That, 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 that's a big ask. If you asked me to do that today, I'd t- I'd, I might use my least favorite excuse, and we'll talk about that one later. But, but I asked, you know, one of the things I want to ask today is, what's your attitude towards helping? What's your attitude towards serving? You know, we have, you know, uh, I get so frustrated because we expect the supernatural in our service. We expect our pastor to operate supernaturally. We expect our elders and our leaders to act supernaturally. You know, but, but we don't look at for the supernatural in every aspect of our lives. You know, we, we truly, I, I don't know how else to put it, but as Western Christians, at least, the perspective that I have, we've become so selfish in our service that our service has become about us and not about him. Our service has become what makes us comfortable. What am I willing to do? You know, if you've ever sat there and said, what am I willing to do to help my church? I'm going to tell you, that's the wrong attitude. It's not about what you're willing to do. It's about what the Lord has called you to do. And until you're willing and, and, and going after operating in whatever the Lord tells you to do, I don't think that you're ever going to fully feel and understand the full manifestation of his power in your life. You know, it, it really isn't, guys, it's really not about what you want to do, but it's about what needs done. Both in this church and in this community and in this world. Not what we want. You know, your service to the weak and the, and the needy, your service to the orphan, your service to the widow, your service to whomever is just as important as what your pastor does on a Sunday morning, what your pastor does during the week. There, there's no difference. Well, I should say that. There's no hierarchy. There's just different. His service, your service, different, equally important. You know, I, I firmly believe that you can, you can operate supernaturally at the door. You know, Terry, when you're greeting people, right, at the door, what are you doing? You're setting the tone. You're setting the tone. You know, there are going to be days where you're going to show up and you're not going to be in the best mood. But guess what? The Holy Spirit can move through you and improve that mood, and you can come out speaking joy and life and peace to people when you didn't wake up feeling that way because the Holy Spirit resides in your heart and is pushing you to do the things that the person that's walking through that door needs. It's not about what we want. It's about what they need. You know, I think of Claudia, or I think of, like, Mary teaching, or any, any of you guys who serve the kids. You know, don't, don't let me be exclusive. Right, what greater role is there in a church to bring up the next generation? You know, I've heard it time and time again, right? Like, oh man, I really missed the service this week. Or someone comes in and says, oh, you really missed a great message today. Why are we offering discouragement to our classroom teachers? Because that's what that is. It's minimizing their role. It's minimizing what they're doing in the back. Oh, you missed the service. No, I didn't miss anything. I'm fulfilling my role. I'm fulfilling my purpose on this earth. I'm ministering to children. I'm holding that baby. I'm giving a mother an opportunity to hear the word of God. Like, that's incredible. Like, what a role, man. Like, I get so excited just thinking about that. You know, I mean, the the Bible in, in a child's life is foundational. Because guess what? Elementary school isn't as easy as it used to be. You know? Darkness has permeated our children, the innocent, 
Satan's coming after them and therefore their families. Like, we set the tone in what you do in that classroom. You know? It's so important. You know, but, but oftentimes it's just all about our glory. It's just all about, oh, Evan's the speaker today. You know, Evan wants to be recognized for his work. In my mind, I want people to hear me. I want to be able to go on a national tour and speak the word of God. And those are great things to desire, but is that why I'm here? Is that, is that what the Lord's put on my heart for good? Or is it what Evan's put on his heart for glory? You know? Am, am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Am I willing to flip this computer screen upside down and just say, Lord, whatever that you have today, I want to speak. It's not about what I've put together, you know? And, and, and this, is, this is the one that frustrates me the most. And I hope it doesn't offend anybody. But I, I, I hate, hate, hate the excuse, I don't feel led to do something. I hate that. You want to know why I hate that? Because when, when your pastor comes to ask, because right, it's always the pastor who hears this one. I don't feel led to do that. Well, guess what? There's a reason the pastor walked up and asked you. You don't think he sat and prayed about that? You don't think he considered who in his church might be best equipped to serve in this role? But you can look at him and say, well, I don't feel led to do that. So you clearly don't hear from the Lord. So therefore, I'm just going to continue doing what I want to do, and you can struggle to figure things out. Like, how can we sit here and say that our pastor, the person that we have put in place to lead us as a church doesn't hear from the Lord when it comes to asking us to serve? Like, are we, are we honest with ourselves? Are we for real? Like, man, I, I just, you know, and, and this isn't to say, this isn't to say that you can't say no. I don't want you to, I don't want you to walk away from hearing that you can't say no. But, but what I want you to do is, is think, you know, temporary. Right? If, 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 if pastor walks up to you and says, I need, I need, I need someone to serve in this role, you know, there's a reason he asked you, and it might not be your favorite thing. It might not be, you know? There's a lot of things that, you know, that I've done in my life that I don't love to do, but we make it temporary. We say, okay, pastor, I trust, I trust you that the Lord is, 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 has, has spoken to your heart or inspired you to come speak to me. I want to pray about that, and I'm willing to do it, but for six months, three months three weeks, this one time, you know? I, I want us to really focus, though, on finding someone who can step into these shoes and operate in this gift of this thing that they love beyond my time in the role, right? Volunteerism doesn't have to be permanent. I think sometimes we think that it is, you know, when, when we become in charge of the children's ministry or the nursery, that this is the rest of my life. It's not. It's not. The Lord moves us in and out, right? But we can't sit back and, and let this whole, I don't feel led to do something, get in the way. You know, and, and so I'll, I'm going to testify again, because I love encouraging people. Kathy, when we were doing the onions at the church that night, and I'm sitting there miserable, folding and stapling, right? I could tell you wanted nothing to do with those onions. That that was not a comfortable experience for you. But guess what? You did it. Why? Because it needed done. You know, that, that, that ministered to my soul. You know, it really makes me say, man, you know, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I hate doing. I hate getting dirty. You know, I'm weird. I don't, I, you know, I don't like going out and shoveling. I don't like paint. I don't like doing manual labor. But, you know, the next time someone asks me to come and do it, I'm going to think about that. And I'm going to say, you know, 
not my thing. This is not really me, but I'm going to try. Why? Because the, the Lord's given me a body. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a big kid. I can lift something. doesn't necessarily mean I have to dig, but I, there's something. There's a role I can play there. So, you know, I just want to challenge you guys today. And, we're, and I'm going to wrap this up because, I, like I said, for the next however many weeks, we're going to talk about this on Wednesday night. So really, please, you know, if you're, if you're an active member of this church, a less than active member of this church, please come. Um, you don't have to buy the book. We'll, we'll talk through it. But, you know, I just want you to think and pray but are you the missing piece that something that's happening in this church is missing to keep it from running at full power? What about the kingdom in general? Is there something that you've said, I don't feel led to do, or I'm not ever going to do, that maybe the Lord's brought to your attention as the, and, and is saying to you that you're the missing piece? You know, don't just sit there and say, well, God, you know, I'm not a teacher, so therefore I don't want to serve in the kids' ministry. Or, you know, I don't want to babysit. Like, let, let's lose this attitude of what I view the role as and start to look at it from a heavenly perspective and saying, what does God view the role as? What's the purpose of this role? You know, I, I just want to remind you, it doesn't have to be permanent. You know, it can be three months, it can be four months, it can be ten months, it can be ten years. It doesn't have to be permanent, but sometimes we have to do what we have to do. You know, and if you haven't already, I think it's a good idea to, to invest yourself in finding out what it is that you are gifted in. And there's plenty of things out there. Pastor can help you. I can help you. You know, some of us who have been here a while have gone through the spiritual gifts testing. You know, we, we can find those results again. You know, but we have to come to a point where we say, Lord, it's all about you and not about me and my comfort level. Comfort has never grown anybody. You know, I, I've been an athlete my whole life. You might not look at me now and think peak athleticism, but there was a time in my life where I was a, a very good baseball player and a very good rugby player. But, you know, I would have never gotten there had I not gotten in the gym and pushed weights up that I, that I probably didn't think I could push, right? Comfort is not doing that bicep curl with the weight that's the easiest. That muscle never grows. So you, as a human being you as a Christian aren't going to grow. You know, you know, if you don't use your gifts, how are you ever going to get better with them? You know, if you don't listen to the Lord, how are you ever going to more intimately know his voice? It's practice, right? So, so take the time, invest. If you don't know what it is, we want to help you find it. And so the challenge that I'm going to issue you guys today, so Pastor Andy's not here. We haven't had a conversation about it. But if you're sitting here today and the Holy Spirit has convicted you or put it into your heart that maybe, just maybe, I'm missing something in service both to the church and the world, I want you to send him an email. I want you to send him a text. By the time you go to, go to bed tonight, just saying, Pastor, can I meet with you about service to the church? Because I'm telling you, and, and, I, and I don't want this to sound like we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing or we're not operating where we are. But you know what? There are, gonna, there are people in this church who are serving in roles that that's not their gifting. And that there are people who are not serving in roles in this church who have a gifting. And all I want you to do is just ask the Lord, am I doing exactly what you've called me to do? Am I doing as much as you've called me to do? 
Because it's easy to say, well, I'm serving, so therefore I don't need to serve anymore. But guess what? If the Lord wants you to serve, he's going to keep giving you the energy. He's going to keep giving you the strength. He's going to keep giving you the opportunities to show up. And sometimes we need to add another role. I know that's not easy and it's not comfortable, but sometimes the Lord wants us to take on a little bit more so that we can fully put our trust in him and that every day the Lord is pushing us to get to the end of the day. Because that's what it is, right? Full reliance on the Lord is enough energy to get to bed. And then it's trusting that the Lord is going to wake you up in the morning with enough energy to face everything that you need in your day. So that's my challenge for you this week, or today. If there's something that you've been feeling, if you're not doing anything, if you're not doing as much as you want to do, you know, I know we have some new faces here who haven't been with us since, like, the last time we were inside the church. You know, if there's something that you're longing to do, if there's something that you've always wanted to try, if there's a ministry that you'd like to start, if there's an area that you want to get invested in, just send them a little text, send them an email, send them a Facebook message. You know, don't have to tell them that I, that I challenge you guys this, though he, who could, he could be watching online today. You know, who knows? Um, but that's just what I want. Let's encourage our pastor by spending time in prayer and saying, Lord, what is it that you want from me? How does my role within this church look to you? And can you please give me the energy that I need? Because this, this gifting is supernatural to get to the end of the day, to wake up the next morning ready to go, and to serve you with all that I am in full reliance on you to make disciples of all the nations. Amen? So I tell you again, you know, think about that, or even just send them a little encouraging message, like, hey, I love serving alongside you. Let's keep going. Let's keep rocking and rolling. And then I think together, this church can continue to grow and continue to explode in passion, and, and the Holy Spirit's going to manifest itself even more than it does because we're all fully in reliance on Him. Amen? Father, I just thank you. I thank you for everyone in this church, Lord. I thank you for the gifts and the abilities and the talents that you've given them, Father. I thank you for their willingness to serve. I thank you for those who are serving today, Lord. I thank you for the energy that you give us to continue to, to minister and to continue to grow and to continue to do the things that we need to do, Father. I pray that you would inspire all of us to consider our roles within the church and to, to, to rely on you to guide us into those positions where we'll, one, feel fulfilled, but two, make an impact for your kingdom because we're operating at peak performance as a body, Lord. Allow us to be that engine, that, that, that big sports car engine of a church, Lord, that's just operating at peak performance and peak efficiency because everyone is, is working in an area that is their strength, that is their purpose, Father. If, if we're tired today, Lord, give us, give us your, your strength, God. You never tire. Just pour out just a, a minuscule amount of that energy to us, Father, that we can continue to serve, that we can continue to love, even when we're tired, even when we're sweaty, even when our mouth is full of stitches, Lord, that you can continue to just give us the energy that we need to, to support you and your mission on this earth, Lord. I just thank you for, for this day. I thank you for what the rest of the day holds. I thank you for safety as we travel, Lord. Just continue to make us well. Continue to give us energy. And just help us to grow, Lord, in our, in our individual devotions. Inspire us to read your word. Inspire us to get into it uh, more and more so that we can continue to hear your voice better. And I just thank you, God, for this church and everything that it is and everything that it will be, both to this community, to the world, and to the people in this room. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.